What is up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me, as always, that guy over there in sunny California, Ivan Lovegren. What's going on, dude? Ooh, sunny and hot. It was 90 plus degrees today. And yet that did not stop my children from getting a cold. So if you hear any hacking in the background, I apologize. Three-year-olds with some giant lungs are going at it. All right. No worries. But it worries. was a fun day. Rob, real quick, I know we've got so much of the show to go through, but, uh, you know, I lie. I, I joke that I, I don't get enough time to actually open cards. Well, I was able to make a target run today and open a couple of Tops Update Chrome and Update Blasters. So I am in card hype mode. I'm so excited for tonight and to see what we have going on on the show. Nice. Well, we got quite a bit going on the show. We're going to bring in uh, a guest this evening, Dustin Bradford, a freelance photographer whose work many of you will be familiar with. Uh, we've got some uh, really unique stories going on in hobby happenings. A uh, handful of box breaks tonight, including Cryptozoic DC Bombshell Series 3. Fun. We'll take a look at Part 3 of Collecting the Black Sox. We've got uh, a video um, of some of the Arizona Fall League stars opening baseball cards, which is fun. And then we got a special tribute to uh, former WWE wrestler Lisa Marie Veron, as well as an on-location Q&A with her at Wizard World. In addition to that, hot in the shop as always. And this week's Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll. Now, I ran this poll on my personal account a few days ago and was just kind of curious to see if our audience had a different take on it than my Twitter following. But the question is, what will Zion's injury do to the 2019-20 NBA collecting season? And number one, screech to a halt. Two, tap the brakes. Three, downshift a gear or two. Or number four, still pedal to the metal. And looking at you weighing in on the question, um, 50% saying downshift a gear or two, 8% Ooh. screech to a halt, 22% tapping the brakes, 20% still pedal to the metal. How that compares to my personal, uh, I had 166 people vote and 39% only said downshift, but tap the brakes was 31 and screech to a halt was 15 still pedal to the metal with 16. So a little bit more optimistic on this side of things. And I got to tell you guys, there is no reason that the sky is falling. If you took a look at the rookie performances from the opening night, I want to say like six or seven people had double figures. A couple had um, double doubles. And there's a couple sleepers in there that are just going to blow you away. So I don't think anybody should think the sky is falling just because we're Zionless for a little bit. So which one did you vote then? What was your official uh, vote? Pedal to the metal. Wow, that's funny. Because usually we at least have some measure of disagreement between the four options. Uh, I still clicked pedal to the metal, mainly because we saw opening night happen last night or the night before or tonight, whichever team you root for. Uh, we saw Luka Doncic go off and we saw heavy bidding activity on his cards. We saw PJ Washington had an incredible night. Uh, incredible. Pick Incredible. number 12 in the draft who nobody was going after. Um, you know, and How about so, this undrafted kid, Kendrick Nunn, who doesn't even have any cards yet? Panini, get that kid some cards. Oh, I missed, I missed that storyline. 
But exactly. There's the people that were hyped for Zion will simply shift into something else. You know, like I don't think that that does anything crazy, especially because there are so many eyes on Luca to see how his sophomore season goes. Um, because I don't know if you've heard the same things that I've heard from people that go to summer league games and watch, you know, go to games beforehand. They say that he showed up not in perfect shape last year, that he thought it was going to be a little easy and got challenged yep. somewhat and that he looks a lot better this year. So, you know, if Luca comes out strong, everybody's going to forget about Zion and jump into Luca, you know, again. Yeah, Look at I what Giannis s- did this year with his 2013 cards. Exactly. So, anyways. exactly. No. So, weigh in on that. That is that poll is found on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, Ivan, why yep. is Twitter important? Well, Twitter is important because not only is it where the poll is, it's also where we pull winners from. So Rob mentioned all those crazy things that we're going to open on the show tonight. We don't keep those cards. We give them to you, whatever we hit in those boxes. In fact, last week we hit an impeccable, immaculate, impeccable, TJ Hawkinson rookie card autograph that went unclaimed. So that's back in the pool for tonight because you have to be watching to win. But the only way that we can pull winners from all of the channels that we're on is to use Twitter. So go to twitter.com slash Live, Vote in that poll, which is pinned right now. Sorry, there's a mosquito i'm gonna get it sometime during tonight's show vote in that poll (laughs) and then after that go ahead and retweet the periscope tweet which i'm going to switch up and pin that one to our profile now so you got like 10 seconds to vote on the poll while it's at the top and then the periscope tweet that's the live inceptiony broadcast that we're talking about as we broadcast it uh is going to be how you enter to win the tj hawkinson and it will also get you a bonus entry for all the other cards you want to win tonight So make sure you retweet the Periscope tweet, reply to it, and tag a couple of friends that haven't watched the show. Make some fun comments and chat because this show is interactive and we're about to bring on a guest. So we've got questions, but we always love your thoughts and, uh, you know, your help with that. Absolutely. Um, While we're waiting to bring on our guest, I wanted to talk about something, not necessarily on the show notes tonight, but I'm sure uh, because you always have your pulse on things. I wanted to talk about this great story that's been going on with um, a Twitter account I follow, a lot of you guys follow and are familiar with, Kentucky Cards. Hmm. Um, He's a kid that just gets it, and... um, he was breaking a box the other day of contenders draft picks basketball and had already pulled something numbered to five. And then the next thing, you know, he's like, you know, some, some, he, he, his eye caught something and it was the names RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson on the back of the card and one one. So he, you know, at this point he's going, please be an autograph, please be an autograph, you know? And sure enough, a one-on-one autograph. And so he decided to fly down to Beckett, get it graded, came back a 9.5, but the story doesn't end there. He came <laughs> no, back and decided He came back and decided that the best thing to do with it to end this story would be to donate it all to charity. So he's going to be donating that card, and we'll be promoting it because um, it's going to a really good cause. But well, Rob, we I, are... think, I think you missed a little bit of it there. 
Oh, sorry. Sorry. The guest yeah, is ready. Uh, yeah. Stick yeah. around. So we're going to bring on our, our guest, Dustin Bradford, freelance photographer. Dustin, how are you, hey, sir? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm good. Hey, dude, it's my pleasure. Um, I got this really cryptic. Well, it wasn't really cryptic. It was demanding uh, Twitter message from Mike Fruitman at Stadium Sports Cards. He's like, you have to have this guy on the show. I said, Oh, so when Mike Fruitman talks, you know, you listen. So, hey, thanks for carving out some time. I know we tried to do it last weekend, but you were busy covering the Chiefs Broncos, you lucky yeah, dog. We, so yeah, first yeah of, you guys were talking about the Mahomes injury in, in your show, and I was 40 feet away from it or something. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, but tell us first and foremost, you know, I know the business uh, and career of a photographer can be a labor of love at times. You find a passion for it at an early age, then you try to monetize it and turn it into a career. Tell us how that process developed. Yeah, for you. you know, for me, it was a matter of uh, answering the phone, uh, saying yes, uh, showing up, getting the job done more than anything else, and, and really a, a bunch of good luck um, along the way. So. Really, that's it, and and it's and it it's too bad I can't give better advice to people that might want to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, get good at, at it. You know, develop a style. But more than anything, it's showing up, um, doing what you say you're going to do, and and uh, you know, being consistent and dependable. Well, you know, so piggybacking off of that, uh, you know, it's like we're talking about sports photography here, and I know you're going to show us some great examples of your photography that ended up on trading sure. cards. But you also talk about luck. Just like talk about that in some of the moments and, and how often you have to show up right. before one of those moments happens that's really iconic or deserving. Totally. Of, and that um, I, I love the way you asked that, man. And I think it was uh, going all the way back to I was a photographer for my college newspaper when September 11th happened, you know, for example. Um, you just kind of you just kind of do what makes sense to you, but you're dependable and you're um, professional and you, you know, uh, that kind of intuitive, uh, reaction that you might have, uh, go, can go a long way. But honestly, it's, I think it's the professionalism, the way you, you interact with people, um, that does probably as much as the, your, you know, your raw ability with the camera. Um, and I'd argue, you know, really, you know, I'm a journalist first, I'm a photographer as well, but, um, you know, you got to get it technically correct and things have got to be sharp and look right. But, um, you know, I'm there to cover a story and that's, and I think that that resonates with people that hire me. So there's different ways to, to monetize being a photographer. Um, and I've, I've done, you know, done mine and it's been fun. You live in a market with four sports that you're fortunate enough to, to have access to. Do you cover all four sure. out there or you primarily stick to football and baseball? So, so, uh, baseball is the sport that I'm a fan of even outside of, the work I do. Um, football, I also really enjoy. Um, I've covered some basketball, but it's, as you can see on TV, there's not as many spaces for photographers. And so it's a smaller group that covers basketball. Um, and then hockey um, just doesn't have the interest in the U.S. that it needs to kind of support as many photographers uh, that football and baseball support. Um, and so the short answer is yes, I, I cover literally everything. I've covered uh, drag racing. I'll never do again. It's terrible experience. I say, I, I say that a little bit in jest. It was, it was scary. Um, you know, NASCAR covered, you know, LPGA golf and professional golf. Um, you get sent to some weird stuff. Um, and, and I, again, you just say yes and show up. I've covered 
uh, kind of charity events with Nuggets players or, um, you know, all the, uh, the Aussie rules football team came to town and met with the Broncos and I get sent to do, you just get sent to all kinds of weird stuff. Um, but for sure, you know, Broncos and Rockies and then, and then kind of secondarily the, the, uh, college teams, uh, the Buffaloes are, are close and they're in the market as well. Um, cover those pretty regularly. Very cool. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I know is a, a pretty big highlight in the last uh, year or so was Ichiro's 3,000 yeah. hit and your involvement with that. I mean, tell us about that. It was awesome. Uh, well, first of all, you guys mentioned I'm a, I'm a freelancer, so I don't actually choose which baseball games I get sent to. With football, I cover every single game. With with baseball, there's 82 home games. I cover a, a third of them or less, something, something in the neighborhood of 25% to a third. The Marlins are not the most exciting draw normally. Um, and that weekend in August, it was 2016, I was just, I was there to, I got all three games on my schedule and was like, oh, okay, cool, the Marlins, I'll go shoot three, day, three games of baseball in August, it's fine. Well, then, the, you know, the, the lead up to 3,000 was uh, happening. And so instead of being a sort of a normal game with a Japanese player, which they always have more media following them, there's this international interest that we don't even fully appreciate, or at least I don't. Um, except for the fact that there's a ton of media there following um, Kenta Maeda or any of the other Japanese players always have media following him. So this was really intense. And so literally the photo bays at Coors were completely packed. Um, and we had assigned <laughs> seats, which is not typical. Normally we get to kind of choose where we want to sit. Um, and I was sitting between some of my, my good friend, AP local AP photographer and um, MLB photographer, the Marlins photographer, and then Japanese photographers squeezed in literally shooting whatever it happens but as long as each row is you know you don't miss anything he does and so you know three day and it was so that was a friday night saturday night and then a sunday day game so i'm over at third which was uh supposed to be the premier spot because he's a uh left-handed batter so you see his open side um from third base and so they wanted me at third the risk being that if it's a single he's kind of across the diamond well lucky for me not only was it the open face uh, side of the bat and the dugout, which is at third for the visiting team. Um, but also he happened to hit a triple, which was pretty astounding. He was the second player to get that did it. And wow. so he sprinted around the bases. Ichiro has an amazing uh, gait to him. He's awesome to shoot. Uh, I literally feel like you, I can't even catch his feet on the ground. He's just floating around the bases, um, slides into third with a clean triple, totally no no uh, controversy on whether it was a triple. He hit it off the wall. It was awesome. Um, and then ended up with, obviously, kind of for me anyway, it's obvious, uh, having done what I've done, a ton of baseball cards that come out of it, which, um, you know, I'm immediately like, oh, darn it, I'm going to have to spend, you know, I made a bunch of money because of the way that my arrangement works, but I also had to spend a bunch of money to kind of chase down some of these cards. But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll show you guys a couple. So, so like the um, the tops now is kind of the obvious. They kind of throw that out right away. Um, and as you can see there, it's like the I had the perfect spot. Literally couldn't have been any better. Wow. You know, but I have to wow. go on tops and spend my own money to kind of pick up the you know, and use base <laughs> card. And you're kind of chasing the random hits that they put in with the jerseys and. Uh, things like that, you know, different oh. different versions of, of, of those cards and the hat tip. And then, and then um, you know, they put it on a same 
one of my photos wow. on one of the transcendent cars. And so I'm like, oh, geez, well, I kind of need mm. that. <laughs> I got to go get one. And um, I think, uh, fortunately, they um, they did. Kind of, oh, here we go. Here's like that. So they kind of they kind of do, you know, the um, different things that aren't as pricey. So I, and then this year they tops did a archives snapshot. They used a nice photo um, that I really liked and would normally never see the light of day on a card, but D. Gordon and him like hugging at third and just a really kind of mm. cool, you know, set. So yeah. I kind of chased those down and um, and that's been fun. That was probably, yeah, like, you, you know, and, and you and I kind of communicated before this, that was probably the most significant, you know, event that I saw that had really wide appeal. Um, I've seen some other... Wow. Uh, you know, kind of cool ones again in that vein of tops. Now, you know, like someone will have a big day at Coors, which happens pretty frequently, and they'll make a they'll make a card out of that. So that's Brandon Crawford with just a mega day, um, things like that. So let me ask you about the new with, with the new tops now and the print on demand structure that they have. Have has your business seen an increased demand for? photographs because of the tops now program can you can you measure it like that you'd have to ask getty more really. than me but i i in the communications which that's the freelance the company i work for as a freelancer so i think i think yes i think tops and, and getty and tops and whatever the companies that where they get their photos from have a great relationship and you know they'll we'll get a message sometimes hey this happened do you have anything Hopefully, as a journalist, I, I realized it was happening um, when I was shooting it. But so, so Tops just goes out, and my pictures are already there. Um, but there is the, you know, so they have a working relationship with with my company. But I also need to kind of be on the spot, knowing you know what matters in the game. Um, that the one that was a little bit interesting, not as significant as Ichiro's three thousand, but like Manny Machado hit his thousandth hit at Coors. I didn't even realize that it happened. Mm. But when I was looking at the game notes at the end, I was about to leave and it was like, oh, crud. I just I didn't realize that that single in the sixth <laughs> inning, whatever, I'm making it up. But that single in the sixth <laughs> inning was significant. I went back and, you know, turned that in. And sure enough, it was on Tops Now card the next day. So I dig it. And I think your your question's good. It's like, is the, the demand right? I think it's a good working relationship. And I, I think it's an e-product. I've noticed I don't think they have a whole lot of secondary market interest, but Maybe you know who knows where that's going. I dig it as a photographer because they kind of really feature the the photography. Um, uh, a couple examples I'll show you. So I have like Nolan Arenado walk off, and then they'll put the celebration on the on the back sometimes. And that's just as a photographer, it's just kind of flattering and and cool. Um, I took you know sure. both of those same like a walk off Ian Desmond. Like probably no one really cares about this card, but I was kind of proud of the, the work I had done so it was neat it's neat to see it on there Matt Holiday you know kind of a legend locally but I don't know how much interest in the hobby but you know it's kind of cool to see your work like show up the next day on a card um last one is like this you know great kind of celebration stuff um it it makes it into the main yeah, product but it, it's I don't know I like it the way that it, it shows up the next day 
Well, so that's that's sort of a special product. It's almost a little more photographer centric, right. and and you can kind of know sometimes you can feel an event is about to happen, or at least it's the bottom of the ninth. There's a chance for a walk off. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the more unique and interesting cards that have come out of your photography, though, that were maybe a little more spontaneous sure. or unexpected? Yeah, yeah, and uh, the. The ones I really like, and I've, I've kind of set these up before I got here. Sorry, I keep turning to, to my side here. So, oh, the, it's fine. It's a great setup, yeah, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah, your man cave is impressive. I'm glad I could figure something. How do you keep those? How do you keep those boxes unopened back there? Um, so, 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 the cards—they have actually have a common theme. So we're sitting right by the dugout. So we're looking, depending on first or third base, and it's just up to you, your judgment, who the starting pitcher is, who the maybe the story is going to be. Um, and what other media are there as, as to what side you cover. But you're always kind of looking for those unique frames or photos that, that come from your where you're sitting uh, as opposed to just the game action. So some of my favorites have been, and, the, and these guys are, are great because it's almost um, these two players anyway have been sort of in the news lately where when I took the photo, maybe they weren't. So like this DJ LeMay, another kind of photo-centric product is the Stadium Club. Love them. Stadium Club, um, heck yeah! Them. When I saw this card, it, and I again, like, I'll go on eBay the day that <laughs> cards come out, and I'll go look for my pictures, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy they made that a card. Like, it's just, it's just awesome, you know. Um, him and Arenado kind of just coming back into the dugout after a, after playing on defense, and it's just, you, you, there's no way you could replicate this moment or this scene, or or you'd have to really be kind of aggressive as a photographer to get it, but. I was just sitting there waiting, you know, and just kind of made a picture and, and then ended it up on a card. Um, kind of similar but different. It's such a unique angle. That totally. Card. Well, I'm just shooting low from my seat right next to the dugout. So um, this one's kind of interesting. So, you know, as we all know now, Para is like total character. Um, and so two teams ago, uh, before he was a Rocky, uh, he just I was just shooting the same kind of idea as the last card. And he just kind of looks at me like this. And just kind of goofing around no nothing <laughs> and then it ends up on a card and i'm like well i'd have to have every version of that obviously and, and it's kind of cool that, now, you know, i'm real curious years later it, 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 he kind of turns it, into be kind of a you know he's a great player but also just a great personality so that's kind of fun then he was a rocky for years after that so, so. So with that card, though, when he became a Rocky, I know that there's also professional limits, but were you actually able to, like, come back to him and just say, hey, by the way, do you remember? You know, there's and probably a been a moment few moments like that. Um, like this year, uh, I, I don't interact with the players. It's, you're, you're being a professional. But, like, Larry Fitzgerald in a preseason sure, game sure. was like, hey, give me your camera. So, we'd, like, we were photographing each other on the sideline. He does that with photographers all over the place. But... You, you don't do a ton of that, but when the opportunity is right, you know, sure. So I haven't talked to Par about that. I'll find a way someday. Um, I'll go down to, yeah. to Mike's <laughs> and signing autographs and I'll, you know, do it that way. This is the last one. So, like, this is like another stadium club, you know, Nick Martini, just some random player who actually had a really kind of cool experience at uh, Wrigley this summer, um, hitting a home run in front of all of his family. But just kind of cool pictures that end up on cars and probably people look at it and I don't know. To me, it, it's, that's just it's fun to see that stuff so now you speak the hobby so i have to assume that you were or are continue to be a collector yeah. is that fair yeah so uh, it's funny so i was a collector as a little kid uh 1989 tops and i couldn't really afford upper deck but i bought a few packs um it's funny to kind of think back on those days and 
buying the Donruss out of the grocery store shopping line, and it's how funny that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, fast forward to, to kind of starting to, to work for Getty, having no idea what the hobby had really become. Um, <laughs> you know, call it, uh, I think the first year that my pictures are on is 2012. And so seeing like what happened. And so I, I went on eBay. I actually I busted out the first card I ever bought on eBay. Um, it's in a scratched up Magna case. I way overpaid because I freaked out when I saw my picture on a card. Um, paid 50 bucks for a Carlos Gonzalez triple threads. But like, you know, just seeing that, and that is awesome. My picture's on a baseball card after having, you know, collected cards and had, you know, boxes full of them and everything and thinking that my Jose Canseco's or Ken Griffey Jr.'s were going to be valuable someday. It's, it's been fun. It's been fun to kind of relearn the hobby. And it's also, it's amazing and crazy. And it's funny to tell people like, no, you guys don't understand, you know, your 89 upper deck, Ken Griffey Jr. Everyone knows what that card is, but like, no, it's totally different. Now you can eBay and sort of the one, the, the fact that you can go out and tr- chase down the cards you want, uh, without having to be lucky enough to have it locally is, is really cool. Um, I don't know. I didn't mean to cut you off on your question, but it's, it has been no, 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 no. Hobby and it's through my own cards, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I know you've gotten a special attachment to, uh, some, uh, Nolan Arendo yeah. rookie cards, especially because one of your photographs ended up on a Beckett cover. Do you happen to have that yeah. Beckett handy by any yeah, chance? So Beckett back in my day, uh, you know, was the, the, that's where you went. That's what you looked at. You looked at the little, uh, triangles up and down and prices and things like that. And you just <laughs> wanted anything worth over a buck. Right. Um, at least I did as a 10 year old. So I've ha- I have yep. several Beckett covers. I've got a Buster Posey. Um, uh, Ichiro Ichiro ended up on one with his 3,000th, and it's not my f- favorite picture of him. And I didn't get the ball in the bat, which is what everyone wanted. Um, anyway, so with Arenado is probably my favorite cover. I do have a Baker Mayfield too. Um, so it's my photo on the magazine, and then the cool part for me is that they also used the photo of the his rookie card, which also has my photo on it. So. Uh, oh, that's when I saw really this, cool. I was like, I love the cover, and maybe I'm biased, but I, I think it's a you know great looking magazine. <laughs> um, and then kind of the fact that my mm-hmm. my picture is on the kind of the marquee rookie card of his from the Topps update uh, from that year uh, has been fun. And so so what I do when these card sets come out is I'll go out and see what pictures I have, and I have several in update, right? So. Ivan was showing his update. They're like, I have pictures in that set. So I'm out kind of like looking and trying yeah, to find the, the cards with my pictures. So I did that in 2013 when uh, Top's update came out. So I started buying up all my Arenado cards. I wanted to try to get the rainbow and really kind of lucked out because I built almost all of them uh, for prices that would never even happen today. It's kind of, it's it's pretty. Wow. So it's awesome. So. I, I have paid almost like full retail for one one of the cards because I had to because I, I didn't have the last one. But this is, you know, I have the full kind of set of the um, chrome and the regular base. And they're all at um, uh, PSA right now just because I like the, having the PSA uh, slate on there. So, but I have this one in hand. And, it, you know, it's a great looking card. Uh, you wouldn't know it, but he's hitting a grand slam off of David Price, which is awesome, right? Wow. Um, and it was, and it's a, and it's a good looking card. You know, that's the thing. I hate it when I see something come out and I'm like, that, they, 
wish they would have picked a better picture, you know? Um. Now, let me ask you this. You, you just brought, uh, triggered a, um, well, first off, Peter Lambert rookie card. Is that you? It's not because he's in his away jersey. So oh, that's okay. in, yeah. You, oh, okay. I, I was like, I should have had that one, but that's a, a, probably at Cuff or somewhere else. <laughs> In the back of your mind, you know the better I know, picture. Yeah, right? and I, I, um, I, I saw it on the checklist. I'm like, well, hopefully I have the Peter Lambert. I'll have many Peter Lamberts in the next year, given just how it works. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't have that one's not mine. I've got Alex but that, that wasn't actually there. my, my Nothing question. really notable um, uh, yet. You know, it's just like Arenado. You never know. Maybe one of these guys will totally go off. Yeah. Well, so that's that's one of my questions. Uh, you know, just a real quick conceptual question. It's a little off the books. But um, – so you mentioned that Arenado rookie card was a grand slam off of David right. Price. Well, today with with Tops now, that moment actually gets immortalized in the moment, right. and so that doesn't become their rookie card. Right. Like, talk about that a, a little bit. That sort of conflict that happens because of that Tops now taking the best right, moments I, in I some would, ways. Yeah. So like Pete Alonso had an incredible year. I was super stoked to get. A tops now photo of Pete Alonso. He hit his 49th home run, and I, mm-hmm. I captured that. Um, and mm-hmm. it has the rookie card logo, but you know that's not his rookie card, you know. And um, mm-hmm. but then on the on the flip side, I was disappointed that Mike Yastrzemski's card and update wasn't mine because I thought this picture was way nicer. But so I'm pumping this this one. <laughs> um, I've got a bunch of copies of it. I, lo- I love it, and I was so happy to see that guy. It's like great to shoot a guy with that last name and have it look that good, you know. So anyway, it's mm-hmm. a little sure. bit of self, uh, whatever. It, you know, I, I I love the tops now, and it's been pretty recent that I've kind of realized that the hobby doesn't pick it up the same way, and for good reason. It's a 900 card set this year, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't have a great answer for you, but I, you know, I I like tops now, but I also it, it's a, it's a, in a weird spot in the hobby. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think it's really interesting how your eye as a photographer being located in Colorado and then knowing that you collect the cards that you shoot. Yeah, you you were an early adopter of Nolan before tons and tons of people. I can't imagine what you'd pay for rainbows now. Right. No, it's 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 crazy. I, I watch the auctions. I always try to, you know, bid just so that I get the email when it's done. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun to watch that, you know, and I show my wife too. It's like I, you know, the camos just sold for eight hundred dollars, and I've got one of those, and I, you know, paid fifty dollars for it or something. <laughs> it, it, it's it's fun, I, you know, and I, I love that card. I'm glad it's a good looking card. I'd be kind of ashamed if it was a, you know, I, I mean, at least in my eyes, it looks good. So, um, yeah, awesome. yeah. Hey, listen. We've got a lot of show yeah, to get to, but I had so much fun. Would you be Would you be willing to do this again with I would, us sometime? Man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad to to see you guys. It was fun, kind of watching some shows today as I got ready to do this, and uh, I think you guys are doing an awesome thing. So it's been fun to talk. Awesome. Well, well we you. look forward to talking with you again. Keep up the great yeah. work. Thanks for carving out some time for us tonight, and uh, we'll talk again. Absolutely. Soon. Nice meeting both of you. Take care. Yeah, you too. Awesome. Bye bye. Thank Dustin. you, Dustin. That was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely awesome. Thank you, Mike Fruitman, for the tip. Yeah. You're right. Well, Glad and also we props, on. props to Dustin for being a uh, an enthusiastic guy. Lots of people in the chat picked up on that. They said he obviously loves what he does. I could listen to this guy talk all night. This guy needs a podcast. 
Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, really, really fantastic. Um, I looked on Twitter and I couldn't find a Dustin Bradford that matched him, so I got to check out Instagram maybe, but uh, it might be since his photos are for sale that he doesn't actually have social media. Well, you can him. ping him on the from the email that I forwarded you with the preview pictures. Yeah. But how much fun is um, that? Like, I, I didn't want to get distracted, but I'm like, I'm listening to him and I've got this pile of update here. I'm like, oh, now I want to see if I can find. If he, right. <laughs> but I only know to look for a Rockies card because you never know who's away game pictures. But wow, that's really fun. Really cool guest. Yeah, that was great. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's dive into some um, news, notes, nuggets um, in our weekly segment called Hobby Happenings because there's there's a few things going on that we want to tell you about. So first and foremost, it appears that two of the hobby's largest auction houses were the victim of a cyber attack this past weekend. Yep. Mm. Sports Collectors Daily reports that both Heritage and Golden Auctions experienced similar outages during their auction closing periods which is an absolute nightmare for these companies. While Golden was able to quickly get their bidding platform back online, the attack on Heritage, which was much more severe and affected multiple auction categories and took the bidding platform completely offline for a couple days. Golden extended bidding by a couple of hours, but Heritage had to issue a statement through social channels that the auctions would eventually be extended or rescheduled once back online. They did, however, let customers know that no financial data was compromised as a result of the hack because that's all handled by a third party. The online marketplace for flipping cards and storing cards and buying cards, ComC, or CheckOutMyCards.com, has instituted a new 30 days, no questions asked return policy. The updated return policy allows buyers to return cards within 30 days of receiving them, if they choose to ship them from the site, or within 60 days of purchase, whichever comes first. While this may sound like great news for buyers, and it also sounds like it's less such great news for sellers. Reading the fine print, there are some notes that we want you to get out of this. Uh, ComC obviously isn't going to absorb the return cost. Instead, the card will be returned to the seller and the seller will be on the hook for the return. Meaning that if you sell a card and someone wants to return it, say 25 days after they got it, they can do that. And with regards to flippers, there is a special note that states when you buy an item on ComC and relist it for sale, your purchase is deemed satisfactory and the sale is final. So arguably, if you sell the card and the person immediately relists it, you're protected as a seller. Leave it right here for a minute, James. Let's talk about this a little bit because I know a lot of people were up in arms about this on Twitter. Um, and it just reminded me that people went through the same kind of uproar when uh, eBay went to the 14-day return policy. And so this is actually much more in line now with mm -hmm. a lot of other marketplaces. But what's your take on it, Ivan? Well, so, Rob, the thing that I think got missed in the initial email is that this is not an extension of the current policy. It's actually creating a policy before 
this was much more finite or much more infinite. Sorry, not finite. Um, so this is actually from what I've read in the follow-up comments, uh, creating parameters that will allow them to track if people are doing this on a regular basis so that they can actually um, limit or restrict those accounts. So two sides to every story, um, something worth considering. Good point. All right, let's move on. Well, as high-end sports card and memorabilia continues to be viewed as a tangible asset class by wealthy elites, you can expect to see more and more services designed to cater to that 1% of the hobby. Well, the latest comes in the form of Legacy Sports Collections, a new firm created to help collectors of higher-end sports cards and memorabilia with a variety of services. Headed by former SCP Auctions Vice President Dan Imler, Sports Collectors Daily reports that Legacy Sports Collection bills itself as a unique relationship-based sports collection management firm offering a comprehensive range of services specifically tailored to elevating the collecting experience and enhancing the myriad benefits of curation and preservation of fine sports artifacts. If you're one of those 1% or want to learn more about it in general, uh, check out the article on Sports Collectors Daily and then visit the Legacy Sports website at www.legacysc.com. Rob, it's time to talk about the goodies. Heritage the goodies. Auctions. Yeah, they're going to offer up a nearly complete set of... Uh, almost an unprecedented uh, collection here. A nearly complete set of 1910-11 M116 Sporting Life baseball cards in wow. its upcoming November trading card auction. Dubbed the Philly Find, it's a group of 315 cards that were kept by a Philadelphia family where they had been passed down since the time of issue over 100 years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy to also being my age and remembering when 1911 wasn't 100 years ago. The, uh, set, the set, which immediately took over first place in the PSA set registry after the cards were authenticated as well as graded, is expected to sell for over $200,000. That might be Auction light. officials... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that, might, that number might be a little light. We'll see. Uh, well, over 200000 that's what we're here for all the way through the holidays is to keep you updated on this auction, uh, which officials are calling a historic discovery. And Sports Collectors Daily says that despite their age, the cards were virtually untouched. Well, probably because they were so old, they couldn't be virtually touched. Uh, 50 cards rated PSA 9 meant wow. another 166 were rated 8. And the Topsy Hartzell was graded a 10, becoming the second of only two M116 cards in existence at that level. <laughs> now, get this. <laughs> Can I say card porn it on the air? It gets better. Because that's what, that's what this is. Within the group of eights and nines are both versions of the Ty Cobb, Christy Mathewson, oh. Nap LaJoie, Joy, Joie? I should know that by now. And Honus Wagner cards, plus cards of Eddie Collins, Walter Johnson, Sam Crawford, Huey Jennings, and Eddie Plank. All the big ones. Yeah. In the <laughs> eights and nines. 60 cards now represent the highest graded examples ever offered, and another 44 are Pop 2, 
with none higher. Wow. Insane collection. That is awesome. And they were carefully, carefully taken care of. That's fantastic. That'll be interesting to see what that goes for. Uh, now for a look at some recently completed auctions as Sports Collectors Daily provided coverage of several high-profile items recently in the news. First up is Ricky Williams' Heisman Trophy, which sold um, before the aforementioned heritage outage on Thursday night for $504,000, <laughs> setting a new record for Heisman Trophies. Now, don't they have a clause now that if you sell your Heisman, they have first rights? Like a Grammy and Yeah, Oscar I think they instituted that. I, I'm not sure. This decade, maybe. Um, I think after the Ricky, uh, the Ricky Williams scandal. Anyways, um, uh, Reggie Bush scandal, I think. I could be wrong, though. Just would be interested. Uh, hey, there's even more crazy stuff in the hobby, such as this rare early 1960s New York Yankees promotional bobblehead that we told you about a few weeks ago. Well, it blew away its pre-auction estimate and sold for $90,000. The oversized bobblehead, a 14-inch bobblehead, was manufactured in Japan and was consigned by the grandson of a Japanese national and co-owner of the Otagiri Mercantile Company, which used it as a tool to tout an upcoming line of early bobbleheads back in the middle of last century. Heritage called it arguably the single most desirable nodder on earth. Interesting. And a 1996 select certified mirror gold rookie card of Derek Jeter graded PSA 10 sold for the jaw-dropping sum of $202,000 plus late last week. The first of two tens awarded by PSA in the what? 23 years since the card was produced <laughs> as a rare insert. The card generated 88 bids in an auction conducted by PWCC. Interested bidders were required to be pre-qualified and by all accounts appears to be a legit sale. Only 30 serial numbered mirror gold cards were produced, and the Jeter mirror gold is considered his absolute holy grail card, and only a few have ever been sold at public auction. A PSA 8 went for $18,350 in 2016, while a pair of PSA 9 sold um, several years ago for $2,704,000 plus, dollars, uh, respectively. Well, before the cyber attack at Golden Auctions, this 2003-04 James autograph patch rookie card from Upper Deck Exquisite topped all bidding at $270,000. Nice. Graded 8.5, the card is numbered 16 of 23. Uh, the, also, the jersey worn by James in that famous Sports Illustrated cover photo, as well as in a 2002 game for St. Vincent St. Mary's High School, sold for $192,000. Photo match to each event. It's now the most expensive LeBron James jersey ever sold at auction. Well, speaking of jerseys, custom jerseys like these have been part of the hobby, it seems, forever. They're an affordable way to obtain autographs. 
And it's also why officially licensed NBA autograph jerseys are worth considerably more than autograph custom jerseys because there's value in the team and league names and logos. Well, it seems now the NBA has an issue with these hobby staples. Sports Collectors Daily is reporting that New Jersey-based Hall of Fame sports memorabilia has filed a federal lawsuit on Monday after they say the NBA reported them to eBay for trademark violations and selling counterfeit goods, causing a loss of business. NBA Properties asked eBay to take down several of the company's listings. eBay did so, and the multiple requests resulted in an automatic suspension of Hall of Fame sports memorabilia's eBay account for seven days, causing what the company called substantial and reputational harm to its business. They say they're afraid the NBA will continue to pressure eBay and other marketplaces to remove the items and could cause longer or perhaps permanent suspensions. I asked friend of the program and hobby legal eagle Paul Lesko about the merits of this, and he said that generally an athlete has the right to stop others from making money by using their names, image, likeness, voice, etc. without permission. The NBA appears to be allowed to enforce those rights because of contract with the athletes. Lesko went on to say that while laws vary by state, arguably the only value these jerseys have is because of the athlete's name and arguably the trademark team color scheme of the jersey. And so while the jerseys might not have team logos, they could still be trademark infringing if they are found to give rise to a likelihood of consumer confusion that they are associated with the NBA. Interesting. See, Sounds like a whole bunch of legal talk to me. The results of this case, should it make it to trial, and any potential ruling could serve as a president that could impact the hobby significantly. Do you think Leaf and TriStar are paying attention to this? Well, I guarantee you they are, because if one league is taking a stand, you can guarantee that others will follow suit eventually. See, in the case of these two pictured products in particular, one of the legal questions to be asked will be, well, isn't the player's autograph a de facto endorsement of the custom jersey itself? As they say, stay tuned. The plot thickens. And speaking of TriStar, today the company announced the launch of its new TriStarAuthentic.com website. Collectors can now verify all TriStar autographs for authenticity from holograms and certificates. Collectors can now also keep track of their TriStar authenticated autographs with my collection and share those items directly to social media to make your friends jealous. That's what we use it for, right? Check it out for yourself at TriStarAuthentic.com. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. Told you there was a lot going on in there. Oh, there sure was. I was wondering where you were going with the uh, the leaf the leaf bit because I thought, well, Leafs trading cards they get the players' permission to use, but I see now that you're talking about some of the jersey products that you know they're just sourcing the stuff in a lot of cases, right? Yeah, they they're just all custom jerseys in those um, mystery products that both companies put out. So oh, they are they're all custom jerseys. Yes. Wow. News, yeah, news to the eyes. The licensing rights to be able to sell them like that. So, yeah, that's why this this is going to be really interesting to pay attention to. See, now I'm confused though, and actually want to talk to Brian Gray. Um, 
because I don't need the licensing rights to go sell an autographed jersey on eBay. Like, why would they have to use customs because they don't have the licensing rights? Well, they can put buyback license yeah. stuff in there. And, and, and if you look at some of their sell sheets, there are uh, officially licensed NFL jerseys, but not all of them. A lot of them are these custom type jerseys. Gotcha. So if you are selling said custom jerseys and yes. thus making profit off of the names on those custom jerseys, it, even if you're not a manufacturer of said jersey, I mean, just how far is this issue going to be taken? It, it ties right into Upper Deck's argument with Leaf right now that because of their contract with these athletes, they own the right to the names. So it's it, it's going to be crazy. This is this is like the tip of the iceberg, as they say. All right, want to take a look at some trading cards? I think this is first up, right? And then also check out gogts.net for more information on all of the products that we just showed you. Awesome. All right, in part three of our look at modern baseball cards uh, from players involved in the infamous fix of 1919 we take a look at the plots key pitcher eddie seacott whose most famous pitch was the one that nailed cincinnati reds leadoff man maury rath squarely in the back to lead off the 1919 world series a pitch that signaled to the gamblers that the fix was officially on the Beckett database lists Seacott as having a total of 175 cards with zero considered rookies, no memorabilia, and 17 that are serial numbered. <clears throat> he has five one-of-one one cut signature cards. But in 2010, much like previous subjects, TriStar included Seacott in the OBAC tobacco-themed baseball card product with its previously discussed full-sized and mini versions, each with parallels. He also had full-size mini and parallel cards in 2012 Golden Age as well. However, in 2013 and 14 Golden Age, Seacott didn't have any base cards, but did have some inserts we haven't seen yet including the bread for energy insert which is his only card in the 2013 release in 2014 steve chocolate insert set as well as star stamps which also depicts teammates happy felsch swede risberg and ominously baseball's first commissioner judge kennesaw mount landis who would ban the involved players for life the Darby chocolate design was also used as that year's box topper with Seacott being pictured in one along with fellow conspirators Joe Jackson and Swede Risberg. In 2019, Panini included Seacott in its Diamond Kings product and he was featured on three different cards. Base card number 10 and then a blue hollow parallel numbered to 25 as well as a masterpiece one of one, which I could not find an image of. 
And then Seacat's first cut signature card was also part of the eight-month-out uh, cut signature insert set in 2009 Sport Kings. Beautiful autograph. And he also had a one-on-one cut signature in that 2010 TriStar Obac set that sold at Heritage Auctions actually last summer for 180 bucks. Seacat is featured, featured on three different cut signature cards in 2011 Upper Deck SP Legendary Cuts, one of my favorite all-time products. He has a single, of which this is just a mock-up to show that year's design. I couldn't find a picture of the actual card. And then he has a dual cut with White Sox owner Charles Comiskey, of which I also couldn't, unfortunately, find an image. But hmm. the quad booklet with signatures from left to right of Chick Gandel, Eddie Seacott, Charles Comiskey, and Kennesaw Mountain Landis was the third such cut of Eddie Seacott in that 2011 legendary set. So next week, Say It Ain't So, we'll take a look at some of the key modern cards from one of the greatest players not in the Hall of Fame, Shoeless Joe Jackson. All right, we're going to do a re- boot of hobby happenings or excuse me let's take a look at next week's new product releases in a segment we like to call hot in the shop so kicking things off we've got a high-end baseball release from panini america with 2019 panini flawless baseball cards which is going to deliver seven autograph cards two memorabilia cards plus one diamond card in every box. Look for several new design elements throughout this super premium product and find more autograph patch cards than ever before. So, new for 2019, several new on-card designs, including rookie triple patch autos, dual rookie patch autos, dual patch autos, triple patch autos, dual signature patches, moments, milestones, all-stars, performance signature patches, trip patch signatures, quad patch signatures, and more. If you haven't caught the theme, look for more autograph patch cards than ever before. Base set features four designs, including base, legends, all-stars, and rookies. Look for diamonds numbered to 20, which is new. Yellow diamond, actually new is the yellow diamonds numbered to 10, dual diamonds numbered to 5, and jumbo diamonds numbered to 1. Also new, 10 new designs for one-of-one multi-gem cards, including Ted Williams, American flag with players, USA Baseball logo, with players Mariano Rivera, Ty Cobb, Roberto Clemente, Honus Wagner, Jackie Robinson, and more. Everybody knows that the 2019 rookie class is stacked, so find on-card autographs from future stars in multiple rookie sets, including dual signed patches, patch autos, and much more. Flawless dual signatures features multiple dual signed inserts with legendary players, rookies, and superstar pairings. Flawless cuts, material cuts, and much more. And also look for those knobs, nameplates, spikes, and more. When this pops next week. Rob, we were talking earlier about uh, memorabilia products. Well, hey, here's one that is set to deliver. 2019 Onyx Authenticated Premier Gear. Each box is going to deliver one game-used baseball memorabilia item. 
and it is licensed by the MLBPA. And it's going to be a big hit with collectors because it has a strong checklist. Any product like this is only as good as their checklist. And Onyx put together an incredible mix of prospects, rookies, and big stars in this. Look for items from Mike Trout, Glaber Torres, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jose Ramirez, Luis Castillo. Top prospects, Marco Luciano and Ronnie Mauricio, just to name a few. In the 2019 Rookie of the Year frontrunner, Pete Alonso also has memorabilia in this product. You can see the full checklist there. Go to gogts.net for additional information and look for this in shops and with your favorite breakers this week. Awesome. Next up is a pretty unique, interesting product from Historic Autographs called Limelight Signatures, which is going to deliver two celebrity autograph items in every box. This exciting new release features a better checklist of talented and collectible names than any previous Historic Autographs celebrity-based product. They come in themed boxes. So look for index cards, mounted cuts, postcards, or photograph inside these three themed boxes, music, movies, and television. So for example, some highlights available only in the movie boxes, Elizabeth Taylor, Paul Newman, Audrey Hepburn, Charlie Chapman, Mary Pickford, Veronica Lake, Sylvester Stallone, Tom Cruise, Betty Grable, Gary Cooper, Cary Grant, Clint Eastwood, and Rock Hudson. Available only in the TV boxes, Christopher Reeve, Robin Williams, Will Smith, William Shatner, Carolyn Jones, Gilda Radner, Dan Aykroyd, Adam West, Red Fox, David Letterman, Bud Albert, Luke Costello, and Alan Hale Jr. And then reserved for music, how about Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, James Brown, B.B. King, Mario Lanza, Bing Crosby, Tony Bennett, and really tough to find signature of Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Complete signers checklist is available on gogts.net. And from oh, sorry, I was I had muted myself because of a sneeze. Because I got the fun one. I'm not letting you take this over because of a three second lapse. No, 2019 Tops Star Wars Stellar Signatures trading cards. If you don't know about this product, the box is going to cost you $8,000, maybe $9,000, depending on how the market moves this next week. Why is that? Well, that's because only 100 of these special collector's boxes will be made, and each one will contain 36 on-card autographed cards, four dual autographed cards, and one oversized framed five by seven original sketch card. So I love that because, you know, it's like a Star Wars card. Well, you want to be able to display it. So they're actually doing five by seven sketch cards. Plus there's a complete 100 card sketch card reproduction set in every box. All of the autographed cards are numbered to 40 or less. And this collection will feature autographs from the most in-demand Star Wars actors on luxurious 48-point slabbed cards. You're seeing the art. You're seeing the names. Go to GoGTS.net for an even bigger look at the checklist. Um, but absolutely beautiful cards. These are the peak of the peak for Star Wars cards. If you have a favorite character, a favorite actor, you're going to want to get into either breaks of this, go crazy and buy a box, 
If you buy a box and open it, make sure you do it on video because everybody wants to watch it. There's only a hundred of these made. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Check it out yeah, this week. Fun stuff. I know the video is still going. I just got to keep watching. It's so good looking. I'm getting, I'm distracted. I wanted to stop talking and just see. Harrison Ford is in this product. Uh, that right there was Domhnall Gleeson. He's an actor. You know, sometimes you get these guys and they're still young in their careers. He could go on to win an Academy Award someday. And his autograph is in this product. And he's not in a lot of the Star Wars products either. He's a little, uh, a little bit of a rare signer. So check this out on October 23rd. Next week. Fun stuff. Keeping in line with this whole celebrity historical thing we got going on, I guess. 2019 Pieces of the Past Historical Edition delivers at least one Pieces of the Past relic, one of one relic, or cut card in every box, spanning the 1770s to the 1970s with people, events, and history. Look for rare certified signatures and collectibles from presidents, historical figures, conquerors, musicians, activists, actors, celebrities, and major sports legends. Find randomly inserted redemptions for JSA, BSA, and PSA certified multi-signed and team-signed baseballs, presidential signed documents, vintage signed photos, albums, checks, cut signature, one of one, the bar cut autographs, and scarce vintage certified coins. This product features what they describe as their most historical and powerful subject list to date. Find certified cut autographs, inscriptions, and handwriting relics, the bar one of one cut autos, BGS slabbed vintage tickets, game use certified sports relics, presidential relics, stamp relics, vintage book relics, vintage news relics, pennants, coins, pins. Plus look for single, dual, and triple relic combo cards featuring the greatest subjects all on one card. Single and dual sign cut cards featuring president, sports, athletes, and musicians. And then hot cases with two, three, and five times the item items, as well as theme cases, multi-redemption cases, and more. Wow. What if we could get a box of that? <laughs> you guys listening? Scott Allen, hook us up, baby. All right. That hits stores next week as well. All right, and then closing us out with the entertainment theme. Hey, are you a fan of Twin Peaks? If so, you are not going to want to miss 2019 Twin Peaks Archives trading cards. Each box is going to deliver two autographed cards, as well as a relatively large-sized base set, 72 cards. You can explore the relationships between characters of the show with that, and seven different insert sets to chase. But again two autograph cards, and there's more than two dozen first-time Twin Peaks signers, including Billy Zane, Richard Baymore, Eric DeRay, Tom Sizemore is in this set, David Warner, Amy Shields, and many, many more. Uh, again, you can see the complete check, uh, signers list or actually, sorry, even just a partial list, because there may be some surprises yet to come, but the partial list is enough to get me excited for it at gogts.net. There's also some exciting dual autograph combinations, such as Sherilyn Finn and Billy Zane, Gary Hirschberger and Wendy Roby, uh, Amy Shields and Giselle Demir. 
some really cool looking cards coming out of this. So keep an eye out for that, Twin Peaks fans. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify one quick thing: is it these first-time signers aren't just for Twin Peaks? These are like first-time signers on a piece of cardboard. So, like major Hollywood actors like Tom Sizemore and Billy Zane are going to have their first autograph cards ever in this product. Very cool. Um, last but not least, we're actually going to close it out with some hockey. In the figure category, the new 2019-20 Imports Dragon NHL hockey figures are here, and the complete checklist and image gallery is flashing right before you. Uh, fans and collectors have been anxiously awaiting. They're out now, officially shipped next week. No reason to wait to order, dealers. We've got them in stock. So find a host of new players, updated poses from top stars, and the six-inch figures, as always, accompanied with the display stand and accessory hockey sticks. Print, production runs are printed right on the player stand. And the checklist includes Austin Matthews, Blake Wheeler, Connor McDavid, Elias Pedersen, Rookie of the Year. The mascot, Gritty. I know that terrifies you, Ivan. Ooh, it's Just Halloween Sper season. Just very... Kota Kanami of the Montreal Canadiens, although that won't be being carried by GTS. It'll be a Canadian exclusive up north. John Tavares, Mark Andre Fleury, Max Domi, and Mitch Marner. I think the biggest production run is uh, 5,004 figures of Austin Matthews. So. Uh, and there's quite a few Maple Leafs, as you notice, between him, Marner, and Tavares. You can put a whole line together. So pretty cool stuff. This will be available next week. Very exciting. And that wraps up a look at Hot in the Shop while that plays out. And, uh, yeah, so like I said, pretty cool. Billy Zane and Tom Sizemore getting their first autograph cards in the hobby. So congratulations to Steve Sharendoff and his team at Rittenhouse. Okay, so Ivan has some work to do to pick winners. But in the meantime, I um, wanted you to guys to uh, catch up on something that you might not have been aware of in the world of wrestling. Lisa Marie Veron, a.k.a. Victoria in WWE, or Tara in TNA Impact Wrestling, seven-time women's champion. She wrestled for the last time last month in a junior promotion called Masters of the Ring, capturing one additional title. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to her at Wizard World Columbus last week, but also found this great tribute video put together by Ring the Bell. Uh, so watch these two videos, and we will be back to announce the winners of tonight's stuff. I think people have a misconception of it as just being hot, pretty, sexy, and you can walk to the ring in heels. At first, it was really hard to accept that we're diva. We wanted to get really intense, and we wanted to get respect. Trish and I, we had a rule. You say sorry later, we're going to kick each other's ass out in the rain. She is crazy in the best, most awesome way ever. 
thank you for everything that you have given us for entertaining us. What a true inspiration you are. And more than anything, what a heart you have. She's definitely a legend in the wrestling business. She's a trip. I mean, she just, there is not a dull moment with her. She lives to make people laugh. because of her attitude. She's very athletic, she's always in good shape, and she always has a good approach. She's tough, boy. She's physical. You know, her personality just evident that it shines through. She lives life to the fullest. She's always smiling, always, always being goofy, and she can always lighten up the mood. I can't tell you what an awesome, awesome bullet coach this is. Think I'm going to the most. Every one of you fans! When she first came to TNA, I was her first program, and being able to work somebody that I grew up watching was a huge honor. I do this for you! Marie Veron, aka Victoria, aka Tara. Which was your favorite name? Tim Natter. Tim Natter. Honestly, um, Same personality. The first, the first time they gave me Tara, I didn't like it. Okay. Because I wanted to stay Victoria or spell it differently. But after a while, you get used to it. But um, I think they did miss the boat by calling me a different name because people didn't know who Tara was. Sure. you something about wrestling. Women's wrestling has come real far since the days of valeting and being more models and eye candy. To main eventing. Do you do you feel like you missed a little bit of that opportunity or no? Okay.
champ. I, I, I went out a champ. I could like you that. should. Yeah, and then I'm right here. I was like so stressed. Like, I, I hope I don't get hurt. I was so nervous. I said, you know what? I think it's time to make it like this. And I grabbed the mic. The promoter was shocked. time our audience spoke with you or listened to you talk, you were a restaurateur. Uh, yes. You're out of that business now? That's or a weird circle. No, yeah, you know, my ex-husband was a chef. Um, we had we owned three restaurants, and he's such an amazing cook. I would never be able to take his meals at all. I was the front of the house. I got to have fun and talk to all the fans, friends, and their families and stuff like that. I got the easy part of the job. San Diego treating you? Amazing. My whole family's in California and um, the weather, you know, San Diego's expensive. Not to say Chicago isn't, right? Well, I know you yeah. love Chicago, but weather-wise... Weather. If it, if, it had, if it was sunny like San Diego, I would have never left Chicago. Um, the, the downtown, the people, the Midwest personality. I mean, just the, it's just the hospitality there is so much different. Um, San Diego's so spread out, yep. you know, different kind of suburbs. Expensive. That, well, is there anything that you're doing that you we should be aware of? Any charity work that you're involved in? I am. Okay. first on GoGTS Live when we play this next week. That's right, that's right, that's right. It really is amazing how far the divisions come, their own championship, to not be called Divas anymore. But you gotta remember that people like you paved the way for those that came later. Great catching up with you. Thank you. Bye guys from Wizard World. A special thank you to a friend of the program, Lisa Marie Veron. We actually had her at the cardboard connection radio booth um, several nationals ago at Chicago signing and she was a real popular draw nice lady um, I wanted to amend something I said Billy Zane and Tom Sizemore they've had autograph trading cards in pop century Zane's also had one in psych by cryptozoic uh, when I was looking in the Beckett database just now I didn't realize I had my default category set excellently to baseball uh, so yeah, that would throw off everything if you're looking for uh, entertainment um, celebrities in baseball. But yes, so their first time in Twin Peaks. And though the moral of that story is that now I want to see Billy Zane in a baseball movie and I cannot, I'm Googling it. And I'm like, <laughs> he has not yet played a baseball player. I think he still could. I think he could, sure. 
updating the poll, what will Zion's injury do to the 2019-20 NBA collecting season? Uh, downshift a gear or two still leads, but it's dropped from 50 to 46% with 164 of you weighing in. Um, so it looks like my audience has a much more drastic uh, view with more than double um, at 15% to 7, say, screech to a halt. And 31 to 26 saying, tap the brakes. So, um, and more of you optimistically at 21% here saying, still pedal to the metal versus 16% on my personal Twitter. So interesting. Thank you everybody for weighing in. Well, special thanks to our guest, Dustin Bradford. Uh, super enjoyable. Uh, thank you to Cryptozoic. Panini and Tops for providing product for us to preview. Thanks for everybody who weighed in on the poll. Uh, thanks to all the MLB participants who took the opportunity to open packs of trading cards down at Arizona Fall League. And special thanks to Lisa Marie Veron for her time at Wizard World. And thank you to James Gale behind the scenes for pulling this all together as our technical director. And my partner over there, Ivan Lovegren. So we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies web show. But in the meantime, you know what to be doing. Have a great weekend and always be collecting. Good night, everybody.